Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives, and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. A reminder, as you are making your travel plans, remember to check johnnydollarair.com first. JohnnyDollarAir.com is a Priceline affiliate link. So part of the purchase price you pay for booking an airline ticket, a rental car, or a hotel benefits the great detectives of old-time radio at no additional cost to you. So remember, when making your travel plans, check JohnnyDollarAir.com first. Well, now it is time for this week's episode of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, the original air date, December the 29th, 1953, and the title is The Ben Bryson Matter. Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum, the refreshing, delicious treat that gives you chewing enjoyment, presents for your listening enjoyment, John Lund as... Johnny Dollar. This is Ed Murphy, Johnny, Keystone Mutual. Oh, hi, Ed. That's so good, Johnny. Could you come over to the office right away? Well, sure, Ed, but what's I it... don't want to go into it on the phone, Johnny. It's, uh... Well, it's going to be quite a shock to you. It's about Ben Bryson. Ben Bryson? Yeah, a good friend of yours, isn't he? Yeah, he was. Too bad he had to die that way. You're wrong, Johnny. It's too bad he didn't die a year sooner. Come on over to the office. <laughs> The makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum bring you John Lund in another adventure of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Friends, the makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Gum present these weekly adventures of Johnny Dollar because they know that millions of you enjoy Johnny Dollar. That's true of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum, too. It's enjoyed by millions, day in and day out. People find that chewing on a smooth, delicious piece of Wrigley's Spearmint Gum somehow makes time pass more pleasantly. Whether you're working, driving, shopping, or just taking things easy, that good, tasty chewing gives you enjoyment and satisfaction. So always keep a package of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum handy. And whenever you want a refreshing, delicious treat... Chew a stick. You'll like it. You really will. Expense accounts submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to Home Office Keystone Mutual Assurance Company, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an accounting of expenditures during my investigation of the Ben Bryson matter. Expense account item one, $2.40. Taxi fare for my apartment to the Keystone Building and the office of Ed Murphy, vice president. I thought as much of Ben as I would my own son. I watched him work his way up to the top job in this company, chief adjuster for the West Coast, head of our San Francisco claims office. Not bad for a young man. I was proud of Ben. Yeah, I know, Ed. And in an accident last month, foggy night, he missed a curve, drove his car off a cliff into the Pacific Ocean. And that was that. The end. Only it wasn't the end, or you wouldn't call me over here. No, it wasn't, Johnny. Within two weeks after Ben's death, we started getting complaints from some of our clients out there. 
Demands for adjustment on claims Ben had reported paid weeks before. Requests for settlement, so on. We couldn't figure it. Brent, we went to work quietly, and we found out. Oh? You found out what? Ben's accounts had been doctored for a long time, Johnny. They were short, way short. In the months before he was killed, he'd embezzled nearly $80,000 from the company. Not Ben Bryson, Ed. Anybody else, yes. But money never meant anything to Ben. Johnny, here. Here's a ticket to San Francisco. Plane leaves in two hours. Now, wait a second, Ed. I think I'd like to pass this one. Yeah, so would I, but we can't, you know that. He left a lot of questions, Johnny. They've got to be answered. And $80,000 of the company's money is missing. Has to be accounted for. Yeah, I know, but maybe you ought to get somebody else, Ed. I'd be awful grateful if you'd do it, Johnny. You'd have the best chance. You knew him. He was your friend. Yeah, he was my friend. I know how you feel. Johnny. All right, Ed. Somebody's got to do it. And like you said, Ben was my friend. Let's have the tickets. Expense account item two, $8.90. Tips, incidentals, and taxi from the San Francisco airport to the Fairmont Hotel, where I registered, sent my things up to my room, then taxied to Ben's last address, the Franciscan Arms Apartments. Ben had always been the two-room bachelor walk-up type, but the Franciscan Arms was equal parts of glitter, glass, swank, and price, with a uniform doorman, bar off the lobby, and a manager with a gardenia in his lapel. A real gardenia. I'm most desirous of assisting you in every way possible, Mr. Dollar, but I'm terribly afraid there's simply very little I can tell you about the late Mr. Bryson. Discretion, you mean? Policy of the house? Mm, well, of course, we do try to protect the privacy of our residents. Even to the extent of turning down $20? Uh, well, under the circumstances. Thank you. Gratuities of this nature are always welcome. Pardon me. Yeah? Oh, yes, Madame Rendrick. Yes, I'll send one of the boys up a little cocoa. Yes, right away, Madame Renvick. Nasty little poodle. She had to walk it herself, take some weight off her. Now, about Mr. Bryson. He'd been our guest for about six months at the time of his tragic accident. A true gentleman, bon vivant, and, uh, well, on the crassly materialistic side, a free spender. I'm sorry, 20 is all I'll go for. Mr. Dollar. What about visitors, friends here in the building? None that I can recall. Oh, except Mrs. Kern, of course. Mrs. Kern? One of the loveliest and most charming guests we've ever had the pleasure. Pardon me? Yes? Yes, Madame Rendrick. The boy is on his way. Oh, yes. Well, please tell Coco I'm so sorry. Coco, what a ridiculous name for a dog. Yeah, now about Mrs. Kern. Well, she and Mr. Bryson were inseparable. And uh, Mr. Kern? Deceased. Early this year, I believe. I wonder if I could talk to Mrs. Kern. Oh, I'm afraid not, Mr. Dollar. She's been gone for ten days. Gone? Where? I have the faintest idea. She'll be back eventually, though, of course. She still has her apartment here. Oh, my poor dear. Such a tragic coincidence. What do you mean, tragic coincidence? Well, as I understand it, Mrs. Kern's husband also died in some sort of uh, accident. <laughs> I've been tending bar here for two years, Mr. Dower. I was here before Mr. Bryson moved in, and I'm still here now that he's gone. I guess I knew as much about him as a bartender usually knows. If you were his friend, though, how come you're asking me the questions? Well, I hadn't seen him for quite a while. Got out of touch. 
You know how it goes. Yeah, friends drift apart. It's a mixed-up world, getting more mixed up all the time. Oh, uh, yes, sir, the usual. Wants a double martini. Always wants a double martini. Yeah, Mr. Bryson spent a lot of time in here. Always with Alvie, of course. Alvie? Mrs. Kern, young widow that lives here in the building. Everybody calls her Alvy. You know, makes friends easy. And one of her friends was Ben. The main one. With her every night. I guess he was nuts about her. He was nuts about something. Well, can't say that I blame him. You ought to see her. Personally, though, I'd hate to be married to a doll like that. She'd go right through a man, leave him high and dry. A doll like that's born to be a widow. Was Ben in here the night he was killed? Yeah, left about nine. Two hours later, he was dead. He left alone, I suppose. No, Alvy was with him. Expense account item three, $20 tip to the apartment house manager, and a dollar and a quarter, taxi to my hotel. I couldn't figure the next step. Alvie Kern was the key, and without her, I was stopped cold. None of Ben's old friends had seen him since he started going around with her. His office girl knew how to type and not much else. It was a cold trail. $80,000 had disappeared, and Ben had driven off a cliff and died. There weren't many answers left behind. Then, two days later, I got a phone call. Johnny Dollar. Oh, this is Maurice, Mr. Dollar. Uh, the Franciscan arm? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I have some very interesting information. Well? Uh, well, uh... Oh, all right, $20. What's the information? Well, I've just received a letter from Mrs. Kern. She wants me to forward her mail in care of American Express, Panama City, Panama. Panama City. Okay, Maurice, thanks. Thanks a lot. Expense account item four, $92.47. Hotel, telegrams, and incidentals in San Francisco. Expense account item five, $267.20. Airfare and incidentals to Panama City, Panama. Un momentito, señor. You are Senor Dollar, no? Oh, yes. Capitán de Vano of the Panama Federal Police, at his orders. We have received your radiogram, señor, and I have been instructed to cooperate with you intensively. Oh, good. What about Mrs. Kern? Had any luck finding her? But of course. She is registered at the Hotel Primero. Uh, most unusual. It is small, located on the waterfront. One would think to find her in surroundings more sheep. Is she alone? Uh, so I am informed. So, uh, what are your plans, Senor Dollar? Well, I want to talk to her first. After that, we'll see. I'll check with you later, Captain. I've heard your name before, Mr. Dollar. Ben, Mr. Bryson mentioned you. Was it Ben or Mr. Bryson? It was Ben. Please, I'd rather not talk about it, Mr. Dollar. Ever since that terrible accident, all I wanted to do is forget. That's why I came down here, to get away and try to forget. You thought quite a lot of them, huh? We were going to be married. Well, too bad it didn't work out. You'd have had a good life. Ben's wealth and your... Wealth? Uh, I had the idea that he'd just work for an insurance company. And live the way he did? Oh, come now, Mrs. Kern. Well, actually, that side of it didn't seem to matter much. 
My husband left me quite well off. And How long were you married before he died? Only ten months. Hmm. You do have bad luck, don't you? Mr. Dollar, I'm not sure I understand this attitude. Relax. Here. Have a cigarette. No, thanks. My vices don't include smoking. Oh? Hmm. Mind if I do? Of course not. Thanks. You have a suite here, Mrs. Kern? Or just this room? Just this room? Why? Well, then I imagine this door leads to the bath. What are you doing? Mm Mm-hmm, it does. But it's empty. Of course it's empty. Then the only other possibility is that closet. Stay away from there. There was cigarette smoke in the air when I came in. Stubs in the ashtray. If you don't smoke, where did they come from? There's no one here. Stay back or I'll... Look, Mrs. Kern, turning out the lights may be romantic, but it's not the best... Oh! I shook my head trying to clear it, finally staggered to my feet and found the light switch. Albie Kern was cowering against the wall, staring at me, scared but not saying anything. I stumbled toward the door. The corridor was empty. You're wrong, Johnny. There there wasn't anybody here. I'm the one who hit you. To hit like that, you'd have to grow a fist three times your size. No. I know what the game is now. I should have caught on sooner, but I didn't. There's no game. I don't know what you mean. Look, only one person I know tears cigarettes apart and shreds the paper that way. No, Johnny, you're wrong. The two of you, in it together all along. They didn't find a body because there wasn't anybody. He's still alive, hiding out. I know who hit me. It was Ben Bryson. Friends, Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum is a refreshing, delicious treat you can enjoy just about any time. Even when you're busy working, you can slip a stick of Wrigley's Spearmint in your mouth and enjoy that pleasant chewing. The lively, full-bodied spearmint flavor cools your mouth and freshens your taste. The good, smooth chewing helps relieve pent-up tension, gives you satisfaction. As a result, you seem to feel more relaxed and get more enjoyment out of what you're doing. So enjoy chewing Wrigley's Spearmint Gum while you work and at other times, too. Get a few packages next time you're at the store. That's Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum. Healthful, refreshing, delicious. And now with our star, John Lund, we bring you the second act of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. Expense account item five, 40 cents, U.S. currency, for a handful of aspirin tablets. Ben, or whoever it was who slugged me, had got away from the hotel without being caught. I gave Ben's description to Captain Devano, and I went to bed. At breakfast in the morning, I still hadn't heard from Devano, but I did get a repeat performance from my other little playmate. Good morning, Johnny. Hmm? Oh, good morning, Mrs. Kern. Mind if I sit down? Not if you don't double up your fist again. I can explain that, Johnny. With all night to think it over? I'll bet you can. I mean, really. I... I wasn't the one who hit you, of course. 
It was silly to claim such a thing, but it wasn't Ben either, Johnny. You don't mind if I call you Johnny. I mean, you were a close friend All right, Mrs. Kern. If it wasn't you and it wasn't Ben, who was it? Well, the name doesn't really matter. Let's just say it was a friend who'd rather not be brought into the picture. And let's also say that wasn't a bad attempt. But I still don't buy it. It's true, Johnny. Ben was drowned in San Francisco when his car ran off into the ocean. He's dead. He can't be dead in San Francisco and still be tearing up cigarettes in Panama. I did that. I didn't smoke them. But I tore them that way. I picked up the habit from Ben. You took a guess and you were wrong. So forget it. Let's be friends. Sorry. I can't afford it. Do you think I sell my friendship? It cost Ben $80,000 of the company's money. Did you get half of it, Mrs. Kern? No. How much does he have left? Stop it. Can't you understand anything? Ben is dead. No, he's not. But I wish he were. What do you mean? Just that. But he, he was your friend. That's right. I thought a lot of him. It hit pretty hard when I learned he'd been stealing from his company. Johnny. So I took the job of digging into the mess and trying to straighten it out. And now I find out he's still alive. No. So now I've got to catch him and take him back. That's going to be even tougher. Oh, you, you wouldn't have to, Johnny. That is, if he were alive. No, I wouldn't have to. But I'm going to. Johnny. Senor Dollar. Oh, morning, Captain. It is possible to speak a word with you, Senor. Sure. Excuse me, Mrs. Kern. Certainly. I uh, did not wish to mention the matter before the Senora. Turned up something? Si, Senor. My men have located Senor Bryson. Here? This is the place? Uh, si, Senor. This man is leaving one of the little fishing boats which are tied to the embarcadero. The number three one, which is blue painted, you see? Yeah, yeah, I see. Well, it sort of figures. If he wanted to hide out, this would be safer than living in a hotel. You're pretty sure it's him, huh? Yes, I senor, but I think so. Miguel Pascaro, who is on the boat, said this man come one month ago and paid plenty money just to live on the boat tied over the shore. And he's like you described, senor, I think so. All right, I'll go on board and talk to him. I uh, think it'll work better if I go alone. Si, senor, I wait for you here. Good. Well? Ben? Ben? Where are you? Cabin's unlocked. Come on in. Well, it's been a long time, Ben. Come in, Johnny. Have a seat. Thanks. You'll have to overlook this litter. Temporary quarters. Uh, Johnny, why did it have to be you? It had to be somebody, Ben. Sooner or later. You should have known that. I guess. How'd you get on to it? Alvy? Yeah, I traced her. Followed her down here. She fouled up, Johnny. She wasn't supposed to come for six months, and the first thing I know, she's here. Said she couldn't wait. 
Why did you do it, then? You've seen Alvy. Do you need any more answer? She worth the price? To me? Sure. This uh, face of mine always stopped the dames. And Alvy, it was different? She fell as hard as I did. I didn't know women like her even existed. She's for me all the way. But you still had to buy her. Mm-mm. Price tag, $80,000. No, no, you're wrong. It was only that Alvy'd always lived high, and I had to live that way, too, to be around her. What were your plans, Ben? What were you going to do? Go to Rio, Argentina, maybe, start a new life together. That's why I needed all that money. I didn't spend that much. And Alvy agreed to that idea? Sure, she was all for it. And why did she keep her apartment in San Francisco? She didn't. Oh, <laughs> you're wrong, Johnny. Somebody gave you a bum steer. She cut loose from everything. She told me she did. Well, we can check on it when we get back there. Easy, Johnny. Easy. I've had this gun on you ever since you came aboard. Now, don't make me use it. Would you use it, Ben? I'm up a dead end, Johnny, and I know it. But I'm still going on as far as I can. Uh, don't try to stop me, Johnny. I don't want to kill you. But if I have to, I will. I let him go. He backed out the cabin door, closed it behind him, and barred it on the outside. I heard his steps cross the deck and run along the wharf. And I waited for Captain Devano to call out, challenge him. But the only sound was a car motor starting up and speeding away. Then I heard somebody come running down the wharf. Senor Dollar, are you there? Yeah. Get the door open. Where is he? What happened? He's gone, senor. He takes the car. It is me to blame, senor. I'm not alert before I know... Oh, never mind. Where's the nearest telephone? It's been over an hour. I should have found them by now. Oh, they will, senor. In Panama, we do not have so many roads, and they're all, uh, how you say... Uh, Blockaded. Well, he might have slipped through before we got to a phone. Oh, there was no time at the hotel. They say he... Ah, aquí está. Capitán de Mano. Sí, sí, yo soy cerquita del mar. Sí, sí. Madre. What is it? Qué lástima, sí. Cuídelo bien, eh. Vamos ahorita. Adiós. They have been found, señor Dollar. Yeah, where? They have tried to go by the old road on the cliffs. It is... Too dangerous. They have missed the curve and go into the ocean. What? The car is under ten meters of water. There is no signs of life. Expense account item six. Ninety-two dollars. To charter a power launch and hire the services of a diver. The sea was calm, but the water wasn't clear enough to see more than just the outline of the car lying on the bottom. We waited for the diver to come up. And I looked up at the cliff towering over us. There'd been another cliff like that in San Francisco. Ah, uh, yes, senor. He's coming up. Oh, good. ¿Qué pasó, Espérate. El cuerpo de la señora sí está abajo. Pero es el único. No hay otro. ¿Estás seguro? Sí, señor. No hay otro abajo. What's the matter, Captain? He has found only the body of Mrs. Kern. Senor Bryson's body is not in the car. The same pattern. A car.
car plunging off a cliff into the ocean and a body missing from it. Only this time I knew it wasn't faked. Ben couldn't have done a thing like that to Alvy. Not to Alvy. I looked up at the cliffs. Steep, but not vertical. A car would have rolled, bounced, coming down. I had Captain Devano run the launch in close, and I jumped onto the rocks and started to climb. I'd made it halfway to the top before I found him. Lying jammed in a crevasse. Broken and dying. That's you, Jimmy? Yeah. We didn't make it, Johnny. You didn't have a chance, Ben. I know. It's kind of funny. This, I mean, uh, just like we did it in San Francisco. I mean, this time it's real. Yeah. This time it's real. Yeah. Better not try to talk, Ben. We'll get some ropes down from the top. Get you out of here. It's no use, Johnny. Is Alvy? She's dead, Ben. Ah. You were right about her, Johnny. Forget it. I made her come with me in the car. Held a gun on her. She got mad. Scared. Spilled the whole story. Ben, don't... She didn't love me. Not any of the time. She admitted it. But I thought she did. And that was fine. Nobody else ever let me even think it. Ben, it's no good talking this so way. It won't matter, Johnny. Like you said, I don't have a chance. Did you know something? I think I'd do the same thing again. <laughs> Maybe there's no answer for a guy like me. I don't know, Ben. I'm not a judge. Kind of figures, you know, Alvy dying too. I bought her and paid for her, Johnny. I ought to be able to take her with me. After all, I... Easy, Ben. Johnny, the, the money, what's left of it, is inside my coat. Give it to Ed. Tell him I'm sorry. Make him understand. He will. You too, Johnny. I, I'm sorry. I don't know what else to say. Forget it. I still think I'd do it again. <laughs> crazy. Out of times we all get crazy, Ben. Yeah. Thanks, Johnny. Thanks for uh, for uh. Go on, Ben. 
Expense account item seven, $26.30. Hotel, taxi, and miscellaneous while in Panama. Expense account item eight, $312.90. Airfare and incidentals back to Hartford. Expense account total, $823.82. I'm enclosing a cashier's check for $72,652. Recovered from Ben Bryson. Embezzler. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Remember, friends, Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum is a refreshing, delicious treat you can enjoy just about any time. Chew a few sticks of Wrigley's Spearmint during the day and see how the good chewing helps keep you feeling fresh and alert. The lively, full-bodied flavor of Wrigley's Spearmint Gum cools your mouth, freshens your taste, and sweetens your breath. The chewing itself gives you a nice little boost, helps you keep going at your best. Millions of people get real chewing enjoyment out of Wrigley's Spearmint Gum every day. And we know that you'll enjoy it, too. Get a few packages and always keep some handy. That's Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum. Healthful, refreshing, delicious. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, brought to you by Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum stars John Lund in the title role and was written by Les Crutchfield with music by Eddie Dunstetter. Featured in tonight's cast were Bill Johnstone, Jack Edwards, Joe Duvall, Lillian Bieff, Don Diamond, Jeanette Nolan, and Tom Tully. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, is produced and directed by Jaime Del Valle. This is the CBS Radio Network. Welcome back. Well, a solid episode. And I think with some relevance to things that uh, we face today. The situation with Johnny is that he learned that Ben wasn't who Johnny thought he was. Perhaps we could say that Ben had a flaw in his character and Johnny didn't really understand it. Because Ben himself laid out why he did it. Whatever he had achieved, he had some really serious insecurity about his appearance, which led him down this very dark path. And I think we've had the experience, you know, so many people over recent years, where you think you know them, but then something comes out and you question, did I ever really know them at all? Now, Sometimes this is over some pretty trivial issues in the long run. Other times, though, it is far more serious, even more so than the theft of $80,000. There's cases of corruption and abuse and things that shake the foundation of the relationship to its very core. And I, I'm not talking about celebrities or anything. I think that those can be very disappointing. But with celebrities, we mostly just know their persona. We don't really know the person. But you have that happen with someone who you are genuinely close to or even have 
a significant acquaintance with, it can make you sit there and question a lot of things. It can make you examine your memories and, like, have I interpreted events completely wrong? I thought this was something that was done by them out of kindness, but was this really actually something far more darker all along and I never realized? Johnny's got to grapple with those sort of questions. And obviously without talking a whole lot about it. It's just an unspoken part of it. Now, of course, it does tend to have a sort of noirish twist where he takes a dark turn because of a femme fatale. So Johnny doesn't have to question, like, the entire basis of everything once he learns that. And I think that knowledge helps him at the end in being able to be kind to Ben as he's uh, lying there dying. He's able to tap into a relationship that they once had. And I have to say, John Lund is perfect in this scene. Johnny Dollar is not a series that calls for a lot of very tender scenes, but when, when it's necessary, Lund always does a really good job. All right, well, listener comments and feedback now. We have an email from Jonathan. Jonathan emails in just another note to tell you how much I'm enjoying your podcast. I used to listen to Johnny Dollar, but now I'm listening to more and more of them. Two really interesting things in the Milk and Honey episode that stuck out to me. When I heard, uh, Johnny, you are going to the land of Milk and Honey, I thought, really, Johnny Dollar is going to have an episode in Israel? Then they had him go to Lebanon. That was totally wrong. Boing. Really? I couldn't believe it. Israel has been known as the land of milk and honey since uh, biblical days. Were the writers just taking huge liberties with an unknowing audience, or did they just not research this? Shaking my head. One thing they did get right was the roulette game. The sound of the wheel and the ball were excellent. Uh, when the croupier called out, Numero tros, rouge ampere, uh, numero trois, rouge ampere. He was calling out number three, red, odd in French correctly. Uh, and what you heard me reading uh, is uh, uh, the, that uh, in French incorrectly. I do not pronounce that well. Ideal roulette and all the casino uh, games over 40 years. So the riders must be much better at gambling than uh, uh, geography. Thanks uh, for all your hard work. Yours truly, Johnny Dulleur. <laughs> well, thanks so much for the email, Jonathan. Actually, I think the riders uh, may have a point and be fine technically. Now, the Bible refers to the land of Canaan as the land flowing with milk and honey. However, Israel never took full possession of the land of Canaan for reasons that are probably not necessary for us to discuss on this podcast. In the book of Judges chapter 3, it lists nations that were left in Canaan and were not conquered, and among them was Lebanon. So, since Lebanon was part of the ancient land of Canaan, technically it too is the land flowing with milk and honey, or at least was during the time of Moses. I did find myself wondering whether 
the story had originally been conceived with Israel in mind, but that there had been some new story occur in Israel that caused them to change their minds, but that doesn't appear to be the case. So, yeah, I think that the title uh, works, but again, thanks so much for the email and for sending me on some research. Appreciate it. Now it's time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day, and I want to go ahead and thank Joshua. Joshua has been one of our Patreon supporters since February of 2016, currently supporting the program at the Seamus level of $4 or more per month. Again, thanks so much for your support, Joshua. And that will actually do it for today. I do want to encourage you, if you are enjoying this on YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and mark the notification bell. We'll be back next Friday with another episode of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. But coming up tomorrow, we head out to Texas for Tales of the Texas Rangers, where... For ten years without learning his habits, especially a doctor... Well, he's got to be around someplace. Doc? Hello, Doc? Doc? Where's Doc's bedroom? Back here. Not here. Bed's been used, though. It was all made up Saturday night when I left. And he slept here Saturday night. Bathroom door is open. Nothing in there. Reckon we better go through the rest of the house. Kitchen's clear. You can see out back through the windows. There's nothing there either. Sheriff, I'm... I'm frightened. The sliding door to his office was closed when we come into the waiting room. Better have a look at that office. If he isn't in here, I don't know... Oh, could... oh Sheriff! Better stay back, Miss Blackburn. Oh, Dr. Hammett. Dressed in a robe and pajamas. Oh. Must have had a heart attack. Come in here to get something for it and... Wait a minute. What is it? On his robe. It looks like blood. Tis blood. From a bullet wound. He's been murdered. I hope you'll join us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to Box 13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram. Instagram.com slash greatdetectives from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.